the Lord again today as you go ahead and take your seat. Welcome to our second service today of our three services. So good to see you guys. Good to see EBC Church family at all times. Well, we are in the third week of a series that we started a little while back called The Adventure. We're in this series called A Journey with God's Living Word. Now, if you were here a few weeks back, we started out on this journey and we talked just a little bit about the history of God's Word. We talked about how we got that, and we talked about how there have been men and women all throughout, all throughout the history uh, that, have, that have really, literally paid with their lives so that you and I could have access into God's Word, so that we would be able to carry God's Word, have God's Word for our families, and we ended up concluding on that day a couple of weeks ago, we said that surely if it was worth their lives, it must be worth our time. It must be worth our time and our investigation at least. If you're not a believer, then I would urge you to maybe just even begin just seeking uh, on your own, maybe in the Gospel of John. We had someone a few weeks ago that was here on that first uh, Sunday that we did that, and they, they had let us know that they weren't a believer, but they said that they were going to take that 42-day Bible reading challenge along with us. They reported back to us that they were loving reading the Word of God. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. And so I urge you to do that. And last week, Pastor Randy talked to us about the reliability of the Scriptures. He talked about how it's reliable. We asked the question, can it be trusted? Is it something that we can base our life on? And if you didn't hear those last two messages, I encourage you to go to our website and you can listen to those and hear what, what we had to say as we taught the Word of God about these certain things a few weeks ago. It was a great foundation for where we're going in this series. What I want to talk to you about today is a question that really gets asked all of the time. It's one that I know that is probably on your mind when you think about the Word of God, and it's the question of relevancy. It's the question of, is this something that I really can use in my everyday life? Is it really practical for me? Is it something that, that uh, is just an antiquated old book that's kind of like any other novel, or is it really something that, that I can use for, for living? Is it something that, that is useful for me today? That's another way of asking it. Is it useful for me? Well, this past week, I had a young man in our church, and he had come to me, and he was just really just beaten down. I mean, he was so discouraged. He was so distraught about some of the things that he'd been experiencing at his job. And, and he just said, I just need to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. I want to share with you what's been going on. And, and he said, I, and, and he's a believer, and he's a strong believer. But he just said, I, I'm, I'm in this job where it's just everywhere I, I am in this job, all around me, there's just all of this unethical behavior that's going on. You guys probably experience that on a regular basis. There's, there's just tons of immorality going on. The way that people talk, it's filthy, and I'm just, uh, you know, and, and I just get tired of it. And, and I just feel every day, at the end of the day, I just feel beaten down. I feel beaten down, I feel whipped, and, and, and I'm discouraged about some of the other things that I'm having, some problems and some trials that I'm kind of going with. And this, this young man shared all of this with me, and, and, and I let him share his heart, and he said, you know what, I'm really just wishing I could do, I'm wishing I could just quit my job and maybe just go try to find another job. And I said, well, well, good luck in finding another job right now. You might want to hold on to that job right now, but, but here is the deal. We began to talk and I began to say, you know, I understand that you're discouraged and I, I'm sorry that you feel the way that you do right now, um, but, but here is the thing. 
is that we're not called to withdraw and isolate. I don't know if you realize that. We're not, we, we, are, we are called to be in the world, the Bible says, in the world, but what? Not of the world. We're not supposed to be of the world. And, and, and he was just saying, I just want to go off. I said, look, we're not called to go off and build a little compound. And, and that would be kind of creepy anyway, right? Okay. And everybody kind of withdraw and us go to our little huddle, our little holy huddles. Jesus told us, and, this, and, and everything I'm saying is straight from God's word. Jesus told you and he's told me that we're to be salt, and he told us that we are to be light in the darkness. And I could see it was kind of coming together for him. And, and so you can't just withdraw. And then I, I began to just ask questions. I said, can I ask you something? I said, are you, um, are you reading the word of God daily? Are you in God's word? Are, are you having any kind of time alone with God daily? And he said, uh, not, not really. He said, occasionally I'll pick it up and I might read it a little bit. You know, or I come to church and I try to come to church on a regular basis and I, I might hear you talk about it or hear Randy or somebody talk about it and, 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 you know, and so I'll pick it up from time to time, but it's just not part of every, and I said, look, man, the word of God says this, and I want you to understand this, that you are in a battle every single day. The Word of God says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It says that we are in this battle with wickedness in, in high places. You're in a wrestling match. You're in a battle every day where you're going, and so are you. All of us are. We're going into a battle every single day as the people of God. We're going into this battle, and we don't wage our war with the weapons of this world. I said, you're going into your battle, and, I'm, and the Bible talks about it in Ephesians. God has equipped you with some armor, <laughs> He's given you some things to help you through this time, to protect you. And, and he t I told him about the breastplate of righteousness. That protects your heart. I told him about the helmet of salvation. I told him about the, the belt of truth as you see all the unethical things going on. I told him about these shoes that God gives us that are eager to spread the gospel and ready. I, I told him about all these things and I said, and last but not least, he says that this is called the sword of the spirit. You're going into battle. And you're not putting your armor on, and you don't have your weapon. No wonder you feel whipped. No wonder you feel beat down. And, 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 and you know, and, 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 I, and what I began to do in this time with him, and I, I'm not trying to build myself up, but in this time with him, I began to tell him as he was telling me about some of the specific things he was dealing with. I said, well, God's word says this about that. God's word. And there were just things that I had hidden in my heart. And, and from some of my own experience, do you know God's word says this about this? He was talking about feeling guilty about this. I said, you know that God's word says this, that about this here. And, and I just began to, everything that he was saying, began to say, here's what the word of God, here's what God says about you. Here's what God says about your future. Here's what God says about your identity. Here's what God says about the ultimate future. He wins, okay? And which means you win. Here's what God's word says. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. This is your identity. This is your sword. If you don't use this, you're going into battle unarmed. That's foolish. It's foolish to go into the battle that you engage in every single day without being well equipped, without being prepared to, to, to deal with what's going on. And by the time I got done with him on that, on, in our discussion, he was pretty fired up. 
And he was ready to go back. And he was, he was like, you're right. We don't need to pull out. We need to be salt and light. And he was regurgitating all these things that God's word had said. I'm ready to get back in there. I've got my sword. And, you know, and I was like, don't whack anybody with this or anything. Just you need it in your spirit, okay? You need it in your spirit to combat the flaming darts of the evil one. Which, by the way, I just want to say, if all of that is important and, and that's the armor of God and this is your weapon, let me ask you a question. Can you see why our spiritual enemy will do everything he can to keep you out of this he's going to do everything he can to keep you out of it as you may be going right now man i've been out of this for a while our our enemy is sly he is he is he's sharp he 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 knows what is going to encourage you he knows what's going to bring you strength he knows how you're going to be able to combat some of these different things and and, and, and we had put a whole new perspective on his situation as I reminded him of his, of his identity, of his purpose, of his ultimate destiny. And the point is, whenever he left, I sat there and I thought to myself, I thought, you know, everything that I told this young man was just stuff that was out of God's word. I've got nothing that could have helped him. I'm not that smart. All I knew to do was to take him to the scripture and to let the word of God infuse what he needed into his life. And, and, and I just thought, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. This, now he is, realizes that this is what equips us to be better. better you know, we're better equipped to handle the things that come our way. And, and he had a whole new perspective on his life. And the practical application, the relevancy, the usefulness of it was astounding to him. He, he really just, I mean, because I think what many of us do is sometimes... We think that God's word just isn't relevant for us today. And we believe that lie. And we think that it's not useful for us. Or many of us, maybe we're afraid to dig into it because we're just not sure what to do. By the way, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk to you about how to use it. How to dig into God's word. How do you have a Bible study? We don't want to presume that everyone knows how to do that, okay? And, 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 and so, but many of us, we just think that maybe this is just another great book. Maybe it's just like any other novel, or it's just kind of antiquated in it. You know, I mean, we're in the 21st century. Surely it cannot apply for us today. Or maybe it's just like any other magazine, so it's not really a treasure to us. And maybe we think that the only reason that your pastors would ever drive you to get into God's Word in a 42-day Bible challenge was just so that you could gain some more obscure facts and whip anybody you play in Bible trivia. Is that what, is that what they're up to? Is that what they're trying to do to where you're ready, you know? Or that you'll, you'll know a lot of cool names to name your kids, you know? Because there's a lot of great names in the Bible, you know? Jacob and Caleb and my personal favorite, Bartholomew. I love that one. I mean, is that what it's all about? Is that what we're doing here? You know, what you're really wanting to know is, can this really make a difference in my life? That's the question people are asking. Uh, is this something that can really help me today? That's what I get asked all the time. And, you know, beyond just Bible trivia knowledge, the Bible, I want you to know, is unlike any other book. It's unlike any other book. In fact, as we said a few weeks ago, it's a collection of books. There are 66 that have been canonized here. 66, it's like a little library. It's called the Holy Bible. The word holy, it literally means to be set apart. It's unlike any other book 
There are a lot of good books in the world. I've, I've been a reader for most of my life. I didn't like to read much in high school, but I did start love, learning to love to read whenever I was in college, especially when I was in seminary, and I, I consume books now. I love to read. I, I, I have a good-sized library. Uh, I love books. I love reading lots of different books. And, uh, but this, this book is unlike any other book. It has, as the Word of God, it describes itself. It, it has a supernatural power. There's power in it. We read a few weeks ago that, that it, as it describes itself, it's active. That's this Greek word, energos. It means it has power to change things. It's living. That's the Greek word, zoe. And by the way, it's written, the, the New Testament's written in the Greek there. That's why I'm bringing that up. So you get the full meaning of what these words are. It's life. Zoe is where we get our word zoo. It, it's full of life. That's what this means. In one passage that we read that Pastor Jason led us in a few minutes ago, we read that it's, that it's God-breathe. That's theonoustos. The Bible calls it the very breath of God was on the pages as he carried along these men to write this. The very breath of God. Now, as we've taught, we believe that God inspired these men. He used their different personalities and backgrounds, and they weren't like in this special trance where they were. God worked within them, okay, but they were inspired by God. They were inspired. God breathed the very breath of God on the pages there is what this is. And this is the reason why it has power to change our lives is because it's God-breathed. Not because it's, it's, it's man-powered, but because it's God-breathed. It, it, it's not just any words that are in print. It's, it's not just human ideas. It's not just pop psychology. It's the very breath of God. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is the most powerful thing in the universe. In fact, the Bible says that the entire universe was created by the Word of God. God spoke. God spoke it into existence. It it's described as being sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even th to, to the dividing soul, uh, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It says it judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What he's saying is it's like this sharp surgeon's scalpel. The scalpel that we have here, and, and uh, it's sharper than, it, it, than anything there. It cuts through the motives that are, that's in our hearts there. It's, it's not like this axe or not like a chainsaw. It's precise. It gets right to the core of what's going on in, inside of us. You know, it, it can do the fine work that needs to be done. So the big question, though, is what is it that I need in my life? What do, what do I really need? And this is a question that people are asking. And what is it that, that I'm needing in my life? And it's all the same thing that we all want. What we're all looking for is we're looking for change. We're looking for our lives to be different. Many of us, we don't like what we see in our life or we don't like where we're at in our life. And, and so we're lo looking for, for change. Maybe you do like where you're, where you're at, but you're always wanting to be growing, I hope. You're always wanting to be, to, to be growing in certain ways. You haven't arrived yet, okay? And neither have I. Uh, we're, we're looking for change, and I'm not talking about the kind of change that a politician will promise. I'm not talking about the kind of change that you'll find underneath your, uh, your sofa cushions, okay? I'm not talking about that kind of change. I'm talking about today a literal life transformation where you're different. 
where you're equipped to deal with some of the things that you think maybe that you're not quite equipped to deal with. The Bible says the Word of God can change things that you can't change on your own. That you don't have the power to change, but God's Word says that it can do it through you. That Christ can do this through you. D.L. Moody, great preacher, well over a hundred years ago. He was an uneducated preacher, but he, he was a, simply a shoe salesman that felt the call of God on his life. And he went and he preached the gospel to millions that were converted, that came to Christ. But you know what he did? He preached the Bible. He preached the Bible. He didn't preach pop psychology. He preached the gospel message. And here's what he said. He said, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. He said, the Bible was given, say it with me, to do what? To change our lives. We need life change. We need to be different. What I want to do in the, just the time that we have remaining today is I want, to just, I want to just talk about some ways that God brings about change in our life and that he wants to bring that change for you in our life. How can his living word transform me? What is the usefulness of God's word? Is it really useful for me today? If you're taking some notes and I urge you to do that, here's the first thing that you can write down is the first thing that God's word does is that it recreates me. It, it recreates my life. And when my life is falling apart, when my life is, has gone to the dogs, so to speak, when I feel like I'm at the end of my rope, God comes in and he recreates my life. He talks about me being born again. By the way, that's in the scriptures there, about being born again. And, and, and uh, it's that dramatic, the terminology of being born again. And that was such a disturbing terminology that, that Jesus used that as Jesus was talking about this in John chapter 3, Nicodemus said, I, I don't get this. And he was an incredibly educated guy. He said, you're, what are you, you're saying I need a brand new life? And this is what he was talking about. And, and, and Jesus began to explain this to him about being born again. And here's the beauty of it. Because of Christ, because of the word of God that tells us about this, because of this, this means I get a whole new life. When I place my faith in Jesus, I get a brand new life. I don't just turn over a new leaf. I don't just seek to have a few bad habits broken. I get a new life. The slate has been wiped clean. Does anybody need that? I know I do. The slate's been wiped clean. The Bible says in James 1.18, it says, He chose to give us birth through, everybody say it, what does it say? The word of truth. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. And notice this spiritual birth, this salvation. It comes through the word of truth. You see, I wouldn't know about God's grace had I not read about it here in the word of God. I wouldn't know how to be saved. I wouldn't know the story of Jesus if it were not for the word of God that tells me about this. I, I wouldn't know how I need a savior. I would know that something's not right because I'm a sinner, but I wouldn't know that God has made a way for me to be able to go to heaven. I wouldn't know the way of salvation that I could be reborn if I didn't have the word of God. I wouldn't know about Christ dying on the cross. I wouldn't know about Christ being raised from the dead. I wouldn't know about all these things that happen in the New Testament church and the power of God and the, and the spirit-filled life that I can live. I wouldn't know about any of these things. I wouldn't know about my purpose in life. I wouldn't know any of these things about how God wants me to know him and to get to know him. What's amazing is that, and I love this, God's not silent, is he? God could have just said, yeah, just good luck with all that. I'm going to create you. Good luck with all that. Figure that out. God said, I want you to know about me. 
I want you to know about your purpose. I want you to know how I've saved you. I want you to know how I've solved the sin problem uh, because you sinned against me. I was reading in my, my personal time with God that we call that a quiet time. I was reading in my own personal time with God. And, and this was in the context of, of, of even getting ready to preach this series. This was before the series started. But I was reading this, and I was reading in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I came across this, and, and uh, here's what the Word of God said to me. He said, and, and now Paul was talking to Timothy, who was a young pastor. He was talking to him, and he was encouraging him, and he was saying these things to him. And this is what I read on this day. He, he said, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures... Okay, now at this time, there was no New Testament. This is Old Testament, so I want you to know Old Testament's important. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom, what does it say? To receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. And I went, boom, that'll preach right there. Man, that's right on. He, he's saying that this, is, this right here is how you know, how you're saved. Thank you, God. I, I was sat there, I said, thank you, Lord, for showing me. For showing me how to be saved. For showing me in your word. This word is so valuable. valuable. The Bible is oftentimes, it's compared to seed. Seed that's being scattered. That's what I'm doing today, is scattering the word of God. This seed is being scattered. And we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how the seed is planted in your life. And once it takes root in your heart and it begins to sprout, it begins to grow, and then it begins to bear fruit in your life. And the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1. He, he goes on and he says, You have been born again, not of perishable seed or that which is not going to last, but what have you been born of? You've been born of imperishable. In other words, it's, it's eternal. It's not going to pass away. And, and look, how have you been born again? Through the living and enduring word of God. It recreates my life. It shows me how to be saved. James says, humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you, it says. So it starts off by recreating my life. This is where it all starts. The second thing the word of God can do in my life, a lot of us really need this one, and this is this, is it eradicates my guilt. It eradicates my guilt. So, so many people, and I'm going to say even believers, are walking around so guilty, so weighed down by the guilt in their life. And, and, I, and I'm just going to say this because most of us who are believers, we don't know the word of God. We don't understand our position that we have in Christ Jesus. We don't understand that the righteousness of Christ, as 2 Corinthians talks about, has been placed upon us and our guilt has been placed upon Christ. There's been this great exchange that has occurred. Now we have been imputed. That means to be transferred. We've, been, we've had his righteousness transferred to me and to you. And our guilt's been completely transferred to him. It's not fair. It's grace. Okay? But, but most people don't know that. So we're not in the word of God. So what do we do as believers? Why do you think the devil wants to keep you in this place of not knowing the word of God? Because you're going to walk around guilty all the time, feeling guilty about your past. And maybe you mess up and we all slip up because we still have this flesh that we're battling. And, and so we're stuck with memories from the past that we can't seem to get over. And either maybe someone has hurt us or, or, and, or they have resentment towards us or we've hurt others or we're feeling guilty. Did you know that God doesn't want you going through this life with all of that baggage? He's paid for it. He's paid for your guilt. He's paid for your sin. All of it has been paid for. I'll never forget a few years ago, there was a lady in our church, just a really nice 
wonderful, sweet lady that came to me and she wanted to talk to me one afternoon and she came up here to the office and she made an appointment and her family was very active in our church. They were, they were believers, they're Christ followers. I know, know that they were. They'd been through some difficulties and stuff, but they were believers. They loved the Lord and she came to me and they've since moved away and have gone to another state and, and are active in another church somewhere. But when she came to my office, when she walked in, I'm just going to say it and I don't, she looked terrible. Not, not like ugly or anything. I mean, she looked beat down. She looked like the young man that I talked to this week. And she just said, Pastor Bart, I've been hearing all this stuff that you've been talking about. I just, and she said this over and over again, I feel so unworthy. And she said, I just feel so guilty. And she began to tell me all the things that had made her feel guilty. And she told me about her past. And it was, it was messed up. I'll just tell you, we all got a messed up past, right? But it was messed up, and she just began to kind of get all of this out, and she told me all of this, and, and she was so distraught, and she was weeping and just so upset. She said, I feel so guilty. I don't know how God could ever forgive me. I, I've done these horrible things, and I just felt like God, and I, I want you to know, I didn't say you're, you're absolved of your sin now because you've told me you can go doesn't matter what I say I began to sit there with her and I said you know what we need to do I need to take you to the word of God the word of God is going to help you through this we began to go into God's word and I began to share with her about her identity in Christ and who she is now and what Christ has done I began to I took her to this scripture scripture after scripture I took her to first John 1 9 some of you need to hear this one today if you're a believer look at what this says if we confess our sins he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from what's the word all all unrighteousness and it was like whenever we read this, and that's like a disinfecting kind of verse, right? I mean, it just cleans us up. It's like something just kind of snapped within her to where she was like, yeah, all. All. She said that means past, past. It means present, present. It means future, future. That means all. He's paid for it all. And now your identity and your position in Christ is this, is that his righteousness is on you because your sin was transferred to him. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. Is what the Bible says. We, we share, I shared that one with her. And, and, and again, she was dealing with this, struggling with it. I shared this one with her in Romans 8.1. Some of you need to hear this one today. There is therefore, what's the word? Now. When's now talking about? Right now. There is therefore now no condemnation. And I asked her, I said, are you a believer? Are you in Christ Jesus? She said, I am. I said, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. It's all been paid for. The word of God began to just, it's like it began to just infuse life into her again. And she started realizing who she was. This is such a, a, a guilt reliever. It's a shame reducer. It's a regret eliminator and eradicator. The Bible is given to cleanse our lives from guilt. But she wasn't in the word. She didn't know those things. Until I started showing her, and now I said, now you really, you see why you need the word of God? 
you need the word of God in your life. Uh, let, me, let me give you a couple more verses. I even shared this one with her, and, and I'll share this one with you today, Ephesians 25, 26. And this is a passage that talks about Christian households, and it talks about how husbands are to love their wives. But I want you to see one of the ways that husbands are to love their wives and the, the metaphor that Paul uses with Christ and the church. Here's what he says. Husbands, love your wives. That'll preach right there, right, ladies? Amen. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Now, who's the her? Is he talking about? Is he talking about the wife right here? He's talking about the church. That he may sanctify her. To sanctify means to, it's this growth process that, that, we're, that we're helping that person grow. Now, look at what it says. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with what? How, how's the cleansing come? The word. It scrubs us. It, 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 when I fill my mind with this, it washes my mind. It washes my body. It, it cleanses the dirt and the junk and the grime and the filth and the grit and all of this. That young man said, man, it's just like I'm beat down with that stuff all day. And, and then what do we do? We go home and we watch the, the bad news, you know, and we hear of all the other bad stuff that's going on. And then we watch our program on TV and it fills our minds with all of this stuff. And we're wondering why we're beat down. We don't give the word of God any time. I'm not trying to guilt you in this. I'm just trying to say we've got to make a shift in this because it's going to help us. It's going to change our lives. Here's a big one here. It, it, it re recreates my life. It eradicates my guilt. It, it activates my faith. It activates my faith. It, it's, this is so important. It gives me confidence. What I've discovered today is so many people lack confidence. We lack confidence, and maybe some have too much of themselves confidence. The Word of God addresses that as well. Um, but, but we lack confidence, and we're afraid. We're, we're scared, and, and, and we're afraid to take risks. We cower to, to obstacles that are in front of us. Some of you have something big right out in front of you, and you're, maybe you're just filled with fear. Many are afraid of death and, and dying and, and all kinds of fear. But the Word of God activates my faith. I shared this in the first service this morning. I want to share it with you. And this, this is not in the message notes. But in the first service, as we were leading, as we were singing, I, and, and I a lot of times still get nervous before I speak. I, I do just every week. It's just part of it. And uh, I really do. But today, and I've never, I don't have panic attacks. I don't have anything like that. But in the first service this morning, I was right up here and I was worshiping and praising right along with everybody else. And I just felt this overwhelming fear come upon me. And I just felt like, I can't do this today. Kyle, who's normally not in the first service, was sitting up on the second row. And I was about to look over at him. He's our student pastor and go, you're on today. I, I, I sat there and I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I just felt overwhelmed. And I just said, God, and I don't know, it could be just lack of sleep. You know, it's been a crazy few weeks. And I just felt like, God, I don't have anything. I felt like, God, as I sat down, I started praying. I said, God, I can't do this today. I can't do it. And I felt like God said, it's not you. Let me do this through you. Bart, they don't need to hear from you. They need to hear my word today. And I got up and I started, started singing again and praising. The word of God activates our faith. It activates our faith. That was my fear obstacle this morning. I literally, I was sick at my stomach and 
just didn't feel like I could. And, you know, here's what the word says. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If you've ever read a verse in the Bible and all of a sudden it just hits you and you thought, I could do this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. Or you hear Pastor Randy preaching or me preaching or Kyle or Jason or someone that's preaching. You hear it on the radio. You hear the word of God and then it, it infuses faith within you. And you go, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. God said I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's his word, by the way. I, I, can, I can do this. I'm going to make this. See, this is the difference between the Bible and self-help books and there are a lot of great self-help books don't get me wrong there's good stuff out there again i love to read uh, they can tell you the the right thing to do but they don't give you the supernatural power to do it i, I saw one the other day i was kind of reading through it and it just said basically don't worry and i'm going i already know that okay but, but what I love about the Word of God is in Philippians where he talks about do not be anxious for anything, but he talks about not worrying. And then he begins to talk about replacing that with, with, with praise. And, and, and you know, it begins to talk about this power that he makes available to us. It gives you the power. It increases your faith. When I read the thousands of promises and I'm, I'm just filling my mind with the promises of God, it gives me confidence. It, it tells me what God can accomplish, uh, not because of my power, but God can still accomplish it through me. It, it reminds me of how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. It reminds me of all of that. And that God wants to do great things through people like us. It builds our confidence. Most of you know that um, a year ago, it was about this time last year, that, that I, um, I was kind of struggling, struggling emotionally, struggling personally. Um, I've been in the ministry for a long time now. I'd, I've never really had a break. I've had a few vacations, but oftentimes they'd be interrupted for various reasons, and I would allow that. And, and I just started feeling burned out, started feeling burned out. I didn't know what I was feeling really at the time, People would come up to me, good friends would be around me. They'd come up to me, they'd say, hey, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine, why? I don't know, you just don't seem yourself. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just I'm tired, I don't know. And uh, that happened for about a two-month period. People kept saying that kind of stuff. People that I trusted, people that speak into my life. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you just don't seem yourself. And, uh, and I, I started kind of going, man, what's going on here? Finally, Trinity, my daughter, she... Uh, was eight at the time she came and she sat in my lap one night and trinity just tells me like it is too and trinity just put her arms around my neck and she said daddy why do you look so sad all the time and i went that's it what is going on i i and i was like really you think that and she said you just look sad a lot and i said you know what there's something going on here. I need to listen to other people that are speaking into my life. I need to find out what's going on. I didn't know what was going on. So I went and talked to a few different pastors, said, hey, have you experienced some of this? This is kind of how I'm feeling. I remember I, was, I, I went from kind of praying this way, God, please do something great through me today, to God, just get me through this weekend. That's how I, that's how I was. I'm just being honest, okay? Just get me through this, God. And, and, uh, and so I went and talked to a few different guys, and 
I, I even went, and, and I'll just tell you this because I don't have any shame in this, and some of you need to do this as well. It's, it, there's wisdom in this. I, it was the first time I did this. I went to a Christian counselor, and I said, hey, here's kind of how I'm feeling. Can you just speak some insight? She used the word of God, by the way, to help me. And she said, here's kind of what I think is going on. You're dealing with some burnout, and you need a break. You just need to take a break. You need to go, you need to go allow the word of God to fill you up. And I, and I was like, okay, man, I've never really done anything like that before. And I heard another pastor share an illustration, and I've shared this before. He said that whenever you're in the ministry, you're kind of like a spiritual gas tanker that's going around, and you're going from different gas station to gas station, and you're, you're filling up all the gas stations, and pretty soon the tanker gets empty. And you've got to go back and sit at the refinery. And if you don't, then you're going to be going on fumes, okay? And nobody likes gas like that, okay? And, uh, and so this is where I was at, and, and I thought, man, that's me. That's exactly right. And, and so I started feeling like I needed to go off by myself. I started feeling like I need to get by myself with the Lord and with His Word. And, and last May, I had the opportunity. You graciously gave me this chance. As I told you how I was feeling, and then I don't want to quit. I want to keep doing this the rest of my life. And, but I shared with you, this is kind of where I'm at. I feel like I need a break. And, and you gave me that opportunity to do this. And I went off. I had the opportunity to go up to Durango, Colorado, to drive up there to a little pastor's retreat, uh, a place that they have available for, for people who are in the ministry to come and to take retreat and suffer for the Lord in the mountains of Colorado. And, uh, and so I, I got in, I got in my, my truck and I started driving. And, I, and uh, you know, it was just going to be me and the deer and the elk. And there were a few chipmunks and I saw a porcupine. And all, I mean, I, I just, I didn't even know we had porcupines in America, but we do. And, uh, and I was driving and I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to saturate my mind with the word of God. That's what I'm coming up here to do. That's what I need. So praise God for technology. I clicked on version, which, by the way, is an app for your phone. I put it on where, the, where to read the Bible to you out loud. For some reason, I felt led to go to Jeremiah. Woo, that's a rough book. I'm just saying, okay? It's about the destruction of Israel. And I'm just reading this, and, and I'm getting more and more depressed while I'm driving. And I'm just going, boy, this is wearing me out. Really, God? This is where you're leading me? I think I'm about to put on some Coldplay or something, okay? Um, this is, or George Strait or something. This is an... This is wearing me out, God. And, and so, and this is another thing that happened while I was there. Now, guys, I was feeling guilty for going. I had, I had a pastor friend tell me, he said, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel guilty for being there. You're going to feel guilty for being by yourself there. I've never really been on a trip by myself like that. Uh, if I go on a trip, I want to take my wife and my kids. They couldn't. They were still in school. But, but I went, and, and, and a snowstorm happened. I had eight inches of snow in one night. I heard later that they never have that much snow at that time of year in that part of Colorado right there. And, and I was stuck. And it was just me and the word of God. So I finished Jeremiah and I was like, oh, thank you for that one, Lord. I'm feeling really like going back now. That one just, by the way, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. I was like, that's about how I'm feeling. So where did I go next? Lamentations. It only made sense. Lamentations is right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote it, and it's rough too. And I was reading along, and I was going, man, golly. But I want to tell you how God's word activated my faith. I, can't, I have to read this to you. I was reading in the message, the message version of this. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19, and some of you just will need to hear this today. This is what I read. He says, Jeremiah the prophet says, 
I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it, oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Just going, Lord, you've got to give me something here. But there's one other thing that I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love, that's a steadfast love, that's a pursuing love, hesed love, it's pursuing, it's coming after you. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. His mercies are made new every single day. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God, and I say it over and over, he's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and it's hard to take, look at what it says, go off by yourself. And I went, you're talking to me today. This was for me. He was affirming what I had done and that I would felt led to do. Go off by yourself. And look at what it says. Enter the silence. Where I was at, I didn't have cell phone coverage. I couldn't watch television. I didn't have Wi-Fi. Go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions, boy. I think there was a boy in there somewhere, okay? Wait for hope to appear. My wife's name is Hope. Where is she? Where is she? Um, wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. And I love this. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, remember I was reading all that. And I was just, there was some severity going on in the reading. It's going, God, this seems brutal. If, there is, if he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of pursuing loyal Hesed love, they are immense. You know what's interesting? Is it was not anybody, any pastor, any counselor, any friend, there's nobody else that spoke into my spirit and soul. I honestly can tell you today, I don't know where I would be if it were not for that word. The word of God. I believe it saved me and saved my ministry. It was God's word. God's word. It activated my faith. I began to feel alive again spiritually and feel like God was repairing my soul with his word. He repairs us. It gave me confidence that, that, I, that I had made the right Decision to take a break regardless of what anybody else said. God said, this is what I needed to do. And I did. The fourth thing the Bible can do in your life is it stimulates my growth. It stimulates my growth, my spiritual growth. It recreates my life. It gives me a fresh start. I'm born again. Now it eradicates my guilt. Now it wipes the slate clean. Now it activates my faith and gives me confidence and now it helps me begin to grow as a person and, as a, and it helps me grow spiritually. 
Jason led us in this verse, and we read it aloud together. It says, all scripture, all of it is God-breathed. Theonoustos, it's God-breathed, the breath of God, and is useful for, and he gives us some things, teaching. It's useful for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. And now the next little word there is so, and the word so and this so that, in the, in the original language, this is called a henna clause. And the henna clause means that it's going to give you the purpose for what you just read. And so here's what it says. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that you will be equipped. So that you're equipped. It's, it's all scriptures God breathed. It's useful for these things so that you will be able to to get through life. It's useful. It's relevant so that you're equipped. He says, how, how do you get ready for the way that life has is, is called you to live this purpose? God's word shows us this. He says it's, it's teaching, it's rebuking or reproof, it's correcting and training. Just real quick, here's some good things to write down about what those mean because they're, they're all different. Here's what the teaching part of this means. The teaching is God shows me the path to walk on. That's the teaching part. He's, he's showing me the path to walk on. The rebuking is when I get off the path and now I'm on the ditch. And he shows me that I'm in the ditch. And the next part is the correcting. I love it because when he shows me that I'm in the ditch, now he shows me how to get back up on the path. And now the training is he shows me how to stay on the path. You see how that works? It's useful. This is what it does. The word of God is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training Here's another one. It illuminates. It illuminates my path. People will come to us. Another one to write down. Number five. People will come to us all the time, and they will say, I just need wisdom. I need wisdom to know the next step to take. I don't know about some decisions. And so the fifth one is it illuminates my path. It illuminates my path. It gives me wisdom for knowing what the next steps are. They'll come to us and say, I just don't know what to do. And, 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 and are you in the word of God? Well, no, not much. Okay? We need to get you in the word of God. Because again, I'm not going to be able to tell you. I may be able to take you to the word of God and show you some things, but you really need to have your path illuminated by God's word. It, it may tell you how to handle the feelings that you have. It may tell you how to, it's going to tell you how to handle the relationship difficulties that you're struggling with. It's going to bring light into your life. When you saturate your mind with the word of God, the lights begin to come on. God's word says, 119, 105. Would you read this with me out loud? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What is the lamp and what is the light? Your word. It's, it, when, they, when this was written, they would have like a, a little lamp and they would have a candle in it. So it didn't put... A lot of light off, okay? It was just enough light for the next step. Do we know that? All the time, I'll fall asleep in my chair at home. I'll fall asleep in the chair, and uh, my family will go to bed, and they will abandon me. And I will, be, I will be there in my chair, and they turn out all the lights, all of the lights. They don't ever leave me a little nightlight or anything. It is dark in our house. And our big dog always sleeps right where I walk. And so I would fall over him sometimes, too, okay? And I would run into Waltz. And, and so I was like, what is the deal? And so I realized this. My phone has this app that has a little flashlight on it. And so I would wake up, and all it would be dark, and then I'd go, cling. 
and I'd, I'd take this and I'd go be going through the house just like this. The Word of God is an app unto your feet, okay? That's what it's like. It, it, it helps you navigate around obstacles. It gives you wisdom. It helps you go around the corners that you need to, to go around. It helps you get through these things. And, and it, it doesn't give you this light for the next 20 years that we wish we all could have and see our whole future laid out. That wouldn't require any faith. It just gives me enough to take the next step. And you know what? I don't get any more light until I take the next step. And the next step. Do you see what I'm saying? It illuminates my mind. Here's the final thing. Many of you, no doubt, need this one as well. It elevates my mood. And your spouse just said, amen. Are you hearing this? Boom. Um, many of us, we just live discouraged. We live beat down. We don't know the word of God. We don't know our position in Christ. We don't know who we are in the Lord. We don't know what the Word of God says, and so we're discouraged. Is it any wonder that our spiritual enemy is going to do everything he can to keep you out of what is going to fill you with life and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control? He's going to do everything he can to keep you out of it. It elevates my mood. It lifts up my spirit. Romans 15 says, For whatever, that also translates everything, for everything that was written or whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, and look at this, through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It encourages me. If you're looking for encouragement today, this is where you find it. The Word of God. Some of you, 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 oftentimes you come to church and you leave encouraged. It's probably not because of anything I said. It's probably you, a scripture spoken to your soul. And you just go, wow, man, I'm, I'm encouraged today. I can get through this week. I'm going to make it. The Word of God, it elevates, it elevates our mood. And just as I close this out, I, I don't want to go into depth about this, but Many of you know that, that our family, not over just the last 10 days, um, but um, our family over the last 15 months, been through a pretty rough time as, as uh, 10 days ago, we uh, lost Dan um, and he got promoted to heaven. And, you know, there have been some moments of overwhelming grief and there will be. And I, I've looked back on this whole situation and continue uh, as we all as a family process all of this together and we encourage each other and there are a few things I've really been thankful for. I've been thankful for the body of Christ because you guys have ministered in some amazing ways and you have loved us and you have, uh, gosh, you've done meals, you've done cards, you've done everything and people, God uses people. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But you can't be by our side 24-7. You know what I mean? You just can't. It's not, you have lives to live as well. I can honestly tell you this, that what has brought us, and, and you've been great, and we should live this faith out and encourage each other, that what has brought us the greatest amount of strength and hope has been what we find in here. It's whenever that grief comes that I am reminded of glory that Dan is experiencing right now 
I'm reminded that I get to see him again, that we will. I'm reminded of, of, our, of our hope and our, our future. I'm reminded of that. I'm reminded that this is temporary. That all comes from here. That all comes from here. This is, just, this is not an exhaustive list I'm giving you today. These are just some of the ways that it's useful in our lives. You're not going to get anything like that on television. You're not going to get that on the internet or on Facebook or, or, or anything like that. The way to lasting transformation is you beginning to take this very seriously. It will change your life. Become a student of it. Look up what we say. Do what the Bereans did in the, in the book of Acts. Become a student of God's word. It needs to become for you not, oh, I've got to read God's word today. We don't do that when we're looking forward to lunch, you know. Oh, I've got to eat lunch today. It, it, this, we're like, man, I get to eat lunch, all right. And, and it's like, man, I get, to, I get to hear from God today. He's going to speak into my heart. Let's pray together. Lord, I just, with my brothers and sisters today, want to just thank you, God, for making yourself known to us through your word. Lord, you didn't have to do that. You chose to do that. You willingly gave us, Lord, revelation of who you are. And I just thank you, God. Thank you for showing us how to be saved. Thank you for showing us how to deal with guilt. Thank you for showing us, Lord, uh, how we can be encouraged. Lord, how we can have faith. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that we can be born again with our heads bowed. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this whole book from cover to cover is about the redemptive story of how we're sinners, we needed a Savior. Jesus is the Savior. And that if you'll believe on him in faith, he'll save you by God's grace. For it is by grace that you are saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man boast. That's God's word. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave him for you. That's God's word. If you place your faith in Jesus, he'll save you. His word is true. You'll have eternal life. You might just pray something like this. Say this to him. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you as my Savior. Lord Jesus, save me today. In faith, I trust you for my eternal life. Thank you for paying for my sin and for giving me, Lord, eternal life. And that I get to be in heaven. In Jesus' name.